Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. This morning, I want to preach a message. It won't be a long service today. If you've got kids who are already stressing you out, don't panic. Or if you need to be somewhere, if the beach calls your name, the beach called my name yesterday and it was beautiful and it was wonderful to get out. So don't panic if you're thinking, oh, my kid's going to have a heart attack in about four minutes. It will be okay. All right. This morning, I want to preach a message called Lessons from Mary and Martha. You know, as we come into a new year, sometimes the new year messages on a church weekend, uh, you know, let's let's hype you all up. Let's get you all excited for the year ahead. Maybe you're already really excited. Maybe you're the new person who set some resolutions, who's done a few things, or maybe like more people this year, you're a little bit hesitant, just quietly kind of edging into 2022, not really knowing what it's going to hold because there's been so many curveballs in the last few years. Maybe you've quit the New Year's resolutions and you thought, you know what, I'll just kind of tiptoe in and whatever happens, I'll just have to face it as it comes. Whatever your stance is today, it doesn't really matter because this morning I want to preach a message that's not really a New Year's. You guys are having a baby. Sorry, I just saw you up there. Congratulations, guys. Very exciting. Give them a round of applause. Welcoming a little girl later this year, aren't you? Very exciting. Congratulations. Sorry, you just stole my attention there. Hope I didn't embarrass you, but it's very exciting. Back to the message, back to Mary and Martha. Yeah, it's not necessarily a New Year's hype you up or, you know, a don't be worried kind of thing. This message today that I want to preach is a message that I hope that whatever the year brings, if you can get this down pat, it won't actually matter what the year brings. It won't matter what curveballs are thrown your ways, won't matter how high the highs or how low the lows. If we can get this thing that I'm gonna preach on this morning down pat, if you can find Jesus this year, it won't matter what comes your way. You know, I was thinking about the story about the disciples crossing over and Jesus being in the boat with them. And the great storm came and it lashed their boat and they were so afraid and they were so uncertain and they were so worried facing death, they thought, what else can we do? But they had the key, they had Jesus in their boat and they turned to Him and He rescued them and He saved them and all was okay. Even though a great storm had lashed them, they had survived because they had Jesus in their boat. And I wanna kind of start this message this morning with kind of the ending, with the main part and then we'll work back from there. So let's read this Scripture from Luke 10, 38 to 42. It's the story of Mary and Martha. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. And this is the key this morning. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. 
You know, Mary had discovered the one thing to be concerned about. This is Jesus speaking. He said to Martha when she came with her complaint, I'm doing all the work. It seems a little bit unfair to me. Doesn't it seem unfair to you, Jesus? Tell her to help me. I've I've got all these people to feed. I'm busy doing all these things. And she's just sitting there at your feet. And Jesus lovingly, He wasn't angry. He wasn't annoyed at her. But this is His, His response about Mary sitting at His feet. There is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it. She had discovered the one thing to be concerned about over everything else. The one thing that would hold her heart regardless of any circumstances she would ever face. The one thing that would give her soul peace. The one thing that would save and redeem her. The one thing whose words would bring direction and clarity to all of her chaos the one thing that truly deserved her time, her worship and her adoration. And His Name was Jesus. She had discovered the pearl of great price. She had discovered the One who was worthy of whose feet to sit at. She had discovered the answer, whatever her life was gonna be, whatever life was gonna throw at her, whatever her New Year's resolution was, whatever you know, thing that she so desired within her heart, she knew that He was the key to everything that she ever needed, that He was the key to everything she could ever desire, that within Him was everything, every answer that she sought, every emptiness within her own heart, she found Him and she sat at her feet. Now, the thing was that Martha's responsibilities were not to be dismissed altogether. She was doing something important. You know, the gift of hospitality, which was, it's important now, but was super important back then. To feed your guests, if you didn't feed them, you were a terrible host. You know, and it wasn't, they didn't have Tim Tams just in the cupboard ready to go in case a visitor popped by. It was something from scratch that she was creating, a big dinner that she was preparing. And it was important work. And you and I have got important work in our life. We've got families to raise. We've got things to do. We've got work to go to. We've got school to go to. We've got life to live. And that's totally okay. And Jesus didn't dismiss her work, but He wanted her to see that the priority was sitting at His feet. The priority was worshipping Him. Yes, the other things matter. He wasn't dismissing the importance of the other things that had to be done. And you and I have got important things to do. You know, if you're raising children currently, you've got the most important job in the world to look after and nurture and train and raise up these gifts that God has given you. You know, in your workplace, you've got important things to do. If you love exercising and being fit, you've got important things to do to look after and nurture your body. And all of these things deserve priority in your life, but they don't deserve more priority than being with Jesus. Because I've kind of come to a point where I realise if I don't have relationship with Him, if I'm not spending time with Him, everything else suffers anyway. You know, if I go, oh, having my children around me which is the most important thing. But if I go, I never need to spend time with Jesus. I don't have time because of the kids. 
I'm actually a better mum when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, when the fruits of the Spirit are operating in my life, where I can show the kids love, joy, peace, patience. I don't have that without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So it's not about saying, oh, I can't spend time with Him because of this, or this would have to sacrifice. Everything else would prosper in your life if you spent time with Him. And Mary had discovered this, the one that was truly worthy of being concerned about. You know, it's my prayer as we start this new year that this would resonate and refocus your heart, that being with Him, knowing Him, spending time in worship and prayer and the Word, that these things would take priority in your life that you would cultivate and protect your relationship with the Lord, that you would make it a priority. You know, a a few weeks ago, I've got a sister-in-law who is incredible in the garden. It's not my gifting. The Lord's given me other things to worry about. Um, But she's just, she can make anything grow. She really can. Her garden's beautiful. She's got two little girls and they're always out in the garden with not enough clothing on, but that's okay. Always digging things up and planting things and she grows vegetables and creates bouquets of flowers from the plants that she grows and she's just amazing. Um, We had Christmas lunch, dinner, something with them before Christmas because we weren't seeing them and they bought us a tomato plant cutting that they had successfully grown. And I knew when she gave it to me, this thing's not going to survive past a week, but graciously accept it. Thank you. It wasn't a Christmas gift. It was just because here you go, good luck with it kind of thing. Hope you can grow some tomatoes. I knew it was going to be bad when we actually forgot it at my in-law's place. We drove away and I was like, oh no, the tomato plant's still there. So I messaged my other sister-in-law that, I don't know, it's not Dan's gifting, but the rest of the Warrens are pretty good in the garden. And so his mum's really good, his sister's really good as well. So they said, we'll look after it for you until we see you again. It's like, wonderful, you get it going, get the tomatoes growing and then we'll just reap the rewards once we get it back. Thanks guys. Anyway, so his sister Claire looked after it. It was all going beautifully. She came to our house, she brought the plant back with her, which I was kind of hoping she would forget and keep it forever. That way I wouldn't have to be responsible for saying to my other sister-in-law, I'm so sorry, we killed it. Anyway, so she brought it back and it was our job to cultivate it, to look after it, to tend to it, to water it. Well, I did water it once and I put it outside to get some love from the sun. And then we went on holidays to Nelson Bay, totally forgot about it. And it was smashed by the storms. And when we came back, this poor little thing was totally withered and dead. And I did message my sister-in-law and said, told you, don't bother about cuttings for us. We don't, we can keep our pets, our children and ourselves alive, but garden items are not for us. Um, And I thought about that as I was preparing this message. It's kind of like our relationship with God. If we leave it off to the side and we go, let the winds of this life, let the circumstances of life kind of deal with it, it will die. We must cultivate it. We must spend time looking after it. We must prioritise it. We must be cautious about where we put it and what we do with it. Otherwise, our relationship with God ends up like this poor little tomato plant, which is completely withered and dead. And we walk around on the outside and we come to church and we go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm a Christian and all of that. But on the inside, because we haven't spent time with Him, because we haven't opened our Bible in goodness knows how long, 
because we haven't spent time worshipping Him, because like Mary, we haven't spent time sitting at His feet, we're withered and we're dry on the inside. But the amazing thing about God is that His grace comes time after time and it invites us back and it draws us back and it allows us to boldly come into the throne of grace. We don't have to crawl back. We don't have to have a guilty conscience. We can come back to Him anytime and sit at His feet. There is nothing more important this year than your relationship with Christ. So I wanna have a look at a couple of lessons from Mary and Martha from this passage that we've just read. So I wanna just highlight some words or some phrases that I read in this passage and then just describe what I felt to share today. So the first one, the first lesson it said in this passage was a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. This was the first bit. So Jesus and the disciples were on their way to Jerusalem. They came to the village and it says, Mary welcomed Him into her home. You know, I wanna encourage us to welcome Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our homes this year. Yes, into our buildings and we will help, the leaders will help facilitate that. But you need to take responsibility for your household. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, I thought about a story about David. We talked about David earlier who had this revelation that the Ark of the Covenant was not with the Israelites. It was not where it should be. And he had this revelation and he had this cry, let us bring back the Ark of God to us. And I pray today that you would have the same, whether whatever your role in your family is, whether you're the dad, whether you're the mum, whether you're a single, whether you're grandparents, whatever it is, my prayer today is that you will have a rising level of hunger within your heart. Let us bring back the Ark of God. You know, within that Ark contained the covenant, the commandments that God had given to Moses as one of the things in there. Let us bring back the Word of God to our homes. Let us teach our children what the Word of God says. Let us model prayer. Let us model spending time with God. You know, yes, it's wonderful to do it here in a corporate setting, but it's our primary responsibility to bring back the Ark of God to our homes, that we will welcome Him in, in the same way that Martha welcomed Jesus in as He walked past, that we would do the same, that we would open up the spiritual doors of our homes in our hearts to say, Holy Spirit, come into my home. Bring peace where there is chaos, where there is confusion, where there is illness, where there is strife. Jesus, we invite You into our home again, where our children are, are asking questions, where they're wandering away, where they're, where they're growing up a little bit lost. We say, Jesus, come in again. We invite You into our homes because He makes all the difference. Where there should be strife and worry, He brings peace. He's the answer. He's the one that we should be inviting into our homes. You know, as the Ark of the Covenant made its journey, many of you will know the story that they weren't allowed to touch it. And the Ark, the pole bearer kind of guys, it stumbled and one of them put out his hand to stop it and protect it. But the Lord had said nobody was to touch it and that man died. And David thought, let's not continue the journey for a little bit. Let's just um, do a stock take here of head count of who's still alive and who's still going. And let's make a plan of what we're gonna do for the Ark of the Covenant. And in 1 Chronicles 13, 13 to 14, it says, so David did not move the Ark into the city of David. David. 
Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. And the ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything that he owned. When we open up our house to the presence of God, when we open up our house to the Word of God, we will be blessed. Our family will be blessed. We will prosper, even in difficult seasons. It didn't say that Obed-Edom never had a trial or a struggle ever again. But the dominant thing, the thing that stood out the most, that while his house contained the Ark of the Covenant, God was there and God blessed him and God blessed his whole household. So let's welcome him into our homes this year. The second thing, it says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He taught. This year, place your life at His feet. There's nowhere better you could place your life. Don't place it in a person. Don't place it in a system. Don't place it in a process. Place it at the foot of the cross. You know, be present in His presence this year. Take time away in silence to be in His presence, to hear what He has to say, to speak to Him, to open His Word, to worship Him to put on songs, your worship songs, however you wanna do it, but find a way to be in His presence, to sit at His feet and to listen to what He's trying to say to you because God wants to speak to you. Remember, God longs for a relationship with you. He has things to say about where you're at. He has things to say about your future. When you're worried, when you're anxious, when you're confused, there is one voice that should be louder than all of them. You know, yes, we're living in uncertain times. Yes, we can all see that. We can see numbers rising. We wonder what's happening with school going back? What's happening with work going back? What's happening with childcare? What's happening with me? What's happening with my health? And there is so much noise. It's everywhere. It's on social media, it's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's on the ads, it's everywhere. And it's loud and it can be all consuming. It can be all worrying and it can fill you with anxiety. But let there be a voice that is louder, that says there is hope, that says there is good days coming, that says I will bless you and I will protect you, that says I know the plans I have for you and they are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans that say, I will always walk with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you feel untethered and blowing in the wind, one that says, I will anchor you. I will hold you. I will be with you. I am Emmanuel, God with you. Let that voice, the one of your Saviour, the one of Jesus, the one of His Word, let that be the loudest voice in your life, especially in this season where every other voice wants to be doom and gloom. There is a voice that is filled with hope and light and love and life. And that's the voice I want because I know when I listen to too much of the other stuff, my heart sinks pretty quick and I get pretty worried about things. But when I listen to Him, His peace that transcends all understanding fills my heart and protects me and guides my family. So sit at His feet. James 4.8 says, move your heart closer and closer to God and He will come even closer to you. Make steps. It doesn't have to be a huge giant leap where you spend 10 hours in prayer and worship. No one's got time for that. But make steps. Do a step a little bit closer, 
a little bit closer, a passage of Bible here today, a time of worship here tomorrow, time sitting in His presence the next day, whatever it might be, but prioritise taking steps closer to Him. And the wonderful promise is that He will come close to us because He is so faithful and so good. The third little phrase that I wanna draw out this morning was, but Martha was distracted. Doesn't matter what she was distracted with. We chatted before about him, her preparing a great meal was important work. But the thing was, the key was she was distracted. She allowed the busyness of her life to distract her from the main thing. And there are so many things out to distract you and I, and they're not all bad. Some of them are good, some of them are necessary, but they're still distractions. You know, in 1 Corinthians 7, the passage is about who should get married, who should not get married, what should happen when you get married and all of that. And Jesus says at the end, there's all these different, you know, do this, don't do that, do this. And He says, I'm laying it all out on the table for you so it won't distract you. And He says this in 1 Corinthians 7.35, I'm trying to help you and make things easier for you and not make things difficult so that you would have undistracted devotion, serving the Lord constantly with an undivided heart. And even as I read it, I thought, He is so worthy of that. He is so worthy of an undivided heart, of undivided loyalty, of our undivided attention and focus. Doesn't mean, like I said before, that there won't be other things that are necessary for you to do in your life. Of course there will be. And those things are so important as well. And they're fine. And if they matter to you, they matter to God. And He has put different gifts and talents in your life for a purpose, for working and serving and all of those things. But here He is saying, that we need to have an undistracted devotion, serving Him with an undivided heart. Whether it's technology, isn't that a distraction? That's a massive distraction. Whether it's COVID, another huge one. Whether it's just busyness. You know, once school hits back up and you've got piano lessons on Monday, swimming lessons on Tuesday, rugby lessons on Wednesday, family dinner night on Thursday, little athletics on Friday, going to the movies on Saturday, going to church on Sunday. It all fills up so quickly and you think, I'm so busy. And again, not bad things, but oh, I suddenly don't have any time. I'm not prioritising things. Or whether it's just simply a lack of self-control. We haven't put enough margins in our life to go, you know what? I probably shouldn't be spending 15 hours on my phone a day or whatever it is. Sometimes our lack of self-control pushes everything down a little bit. But here Jesus is saying that there is a danger of distraction. There is a danger of not prioritising time with Him. And it's like that tomato plant, it soon withers. You know, if you love running and you go, oh, I'm not gonna do it for four weeks, it soon becomes really difficult and the desire for it really fades. And the same, unfortunately, is true with our walk with God. The less we put in, the less hunger we really desire to, to have it and to seek it. But this is a big danger that the Bible speaks about in Mark 4, 18, that those who are distracted, the Word of God actually doesn't settle and grow roots down in their spirit. In Mark 4, 18, 19, it says, And what is sown among thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the message so it produces nothing. 
So when you hear the message, but you're so preoccupied, you're so distracted with other things that the message doesn't actually grow down and grow roots and it's quickly eaten away by other things. So how can we overcome distractions? What can we do? The Bible has an answer for that as well. In Colossians 3, 2, it says, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of this natural realm. Who knows, there are earthly realities and there are heavenly realities. You know, earthly realities, even in this season goes, we're all, we're all doomed, it's all terrible. It's all gonna end. You're all gonna get sick and you might, but you'll be all right. But then there are heavenly, heavenly realities. Like we said before, God cares for me. I'm gonna be okay. If He walks with me, if the Creator of the world knows where I am and walks with me and cares for me and fights for me and sings over me and desires to bring good gifts to my life, then that heavenly reality needs to be our focus, not the distractions of this natural realm. You know, Dan and I were just chatting this week and he was saying just some different things about church life and whatever. And he said, oh, isn't it funny that this has happened and that's happened since we've become lead pastors and that's happened and that's gone south and that's not great and whatever. And he wasn't being negative Nancy, we're just talking real life stuff. But I really felt the Holy Spirit say in that instance to not chase every rabbit down the hole. You know, there are so many things bouncing around in our lives. We can become so distracted by chasing them all. Oh no, this is not going too well. Follow this little rabbit. And it goes down a hole and you find yourself going down a very deep and dark hole. That's hard for a person. It's all right for a rabbit because it can get back out, but you become so stuck. Oh, I ventured off the rug. I didn't fall over. Let me just walk back over. There we go, back safely on solid ground. So do not this year follow every rabbit down a hole. There are so many distractions. There are so many things that want to steal your energy and your focus and your attention. If you chase every single one of them down every single hole, you will be forever down a hole. And that's not where I wanna be. I wanna focus on, yes, there are realities but the heavenly realities that He has, the promises that are yes and amen for me and my life and my family and our church are so much greater than the dirt and the dust and the rabbit poo down those holes. So do not chase every rabbit down a hole. My last point this morning was two little phrases that I just really stood out to me. The first one, she being Martha, she came to Jesus and said, And the second one, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, come to Him with your cares and concern. Martha had a care and concern. She was annoyed that her sister was appearing lazy and sitting at the feet and not doing a whole lot to help with the hospitality. And she was frustrated. So she came to Jesus. It's okay to come to Him with your honesty. It's okay to come to Him with your frailty, your humanity, Whatever you wanna come to Him with, He's not offended, He's not afraid, He's not nervous. It doesn't make Him worried. Come to Him, tell Him what's on your mind. And I love it. He could have been annoyed and said, Martha, go back to the kitchen, finish what you're doing. Or He could have said, don't be silly, come and sit down. But He was so, I love this translation because He just seems so kind towards her. He started His reply with, my dear Martha. He had such tender love and concern for her. 
And I love this passage in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, pour out all your worries and stress upon Him and leave them there for He always tenderly cares for you. This year when you're prioritising time in His presence, this year when you're sitting at His feet, this year when you're worshipping and praying, it's okay to bring all your stresses and all your worries because whether they're here now or next month or in December, if your luck takes you that far, there will be stress and there will be worries. Bring them to the foot of the cross. And I love this, leave them there. Leave all of your concerns, all of your frustrations, all the things that are driving you crazy. Bring them, but don't carry them back with you. Leave them submitted, knowing that He loves you. It says here that He will always tenderly care for you, that He's a God who is working, that you are His workmanship. He's always working. His plan's always moving along, whether or not you see it or feel it or hear it. He's watching out for you because He is a good Father. So come to Him with all your concerns. Leave them there, acknowledging that He always tenderly cares for you. I might get a muso up if I could. Just as we finish up this morning. Let's just spend a minute in His presence, just doing exactly this, sitting at His feet, just even in your own heart, refocusing. Because I don't know about you, but when I spend time in His presence, I need to refocus, then focus again, then focus again, focus again. Because my mind wanders, wanders. It wanders lots of things too, but it wanders off into the job list, into the grocery list. Oh, I forgot to put spaghetti sauce on the list. I'll just quickly jot that down. Oh, I've got to drive the kids here today. Or I need to do this, or I need to do that. Or, oh, I could go with chocolate, put that on the list too. That, that would be great. And some Doritos or something. And that's okay. That's sometimes our mind is untrained and undisciplined, but it's about recognising it and just pulling it back, just refocusing. So why don't you close your eyes and use We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.